Welcome to the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski. I'm an author, speaker, and all-around self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hello, my self-lovers. Before we dive into today's podcast episode, I want to make sure that you're giving yourself the gift of self-love. Now, if you don't know what the gift of self-love is, it's a workbook that will help you build confidence, recognize your worth, and learn to finally love yourself. And it's now available in stores and online worldwide. Oh my goodness, I've been waiting to say that because I've been working on this book for years. I poured my heart and soul into it, compiling everything that I teach at my retreats and putting it into this heartfelt, relatable, and actionable workbook for you. The cool thing is this book is a combination of me sharing my life story and everything that's helped me on this self-love journey, including body acceptance, and it's a workbook that you can actually write in. So every single thing that I share, you can put into practice right away. There are quizzes, journal prompts, self-reflection exercises, self-love challenges, all of which will help you with body image, confidence, self-worth, and self-love. I'm holding it right here. It's right in front of me and it's absolutely gorgeous. Not to toot my own horn or anything, but we've nailed the design on this one. It makes such a wonderful gift both for yourself and for your loved ones. Perhaps you have a friend that could really use this message and that, you know, needs a little push, loving push in the right direction. And I think that this book is just a great gift. Hence, the gift of self-love. So if you haven't gotten it yet, you can get it today by going to maryscupoftea.com slash book. I'm certain that the tools I share in this book will change your life as much as they've changed mine. So again, that's maryscupoftea.com slash book and give yourself the gift of self-love. Hello, my self-lovers. Welcome to another episode of the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. Today, I want to share with you three fears surrounding weight gain, or as I like to call them, three myths about weight gain. I don't know about you, but gaining weight used to be my biggest fear. Like, if you would have asked me, Mary, what's your biggest fear? Five years ago, I would have not said, snakes or sharks or heights, I would have literally said getting fat. And in the past five years, obviously, you know, my story of learning to accept my body and healing from an eating disorder and ultimately finding true and unconditional self-love. And through that, I gained weight, actually a significant chunk of weight and more weight than I ever, ever thought I could accept five years ago. And when I was first starting this body image and self-love journey, I remember telling myself things like, oh, I'm okay with gaining weight as long as it's not too much. Once I go over X number, then that's too much. Then I'll have to start losing weight again. And as soon as the scale crept up past that arbitrary number that I set as my limit for gaining weight... I would just go into panic and I would feel so unworthy. I would feel like a failure. And I was stuck in this place of, I know that gaining weight is not the worst thing in the world. And I know that the lifestyle that I was living before with, you know, dieting and over-exercising and just restricting and depriving and hating my body, I knew that wasn't sustainable. And I knew that I would probably gain 
a little bit of weight when I stopped doing those things. But I was stuck for so long in that middle ground of I know what I have to do and I know that I am beautiful and worthy regardless, but I didn't actually feel it. You know, like it sounded good with the words when I would read them on somebody's social media page or when I was working with a coach and she would tell me these things or even when I talked to a counselor and they would tell me like, you know, gaining weight is not the worst thing in the world. Like I logically knew that, but I couldn't feel it in my body and I still had so much anxiety around gaining weight. And so today I actually wanted to read you a section directly from my book, The Gift of Self-Love, where I address three common fears around gaining weight. Keep in mind that this section is found in chapter six of The Gift of Self-Love. So it's a small part of an entire chapter focused on body image healing. There's actually two chapters focused on body image in The Gift of Self-Love. So this is just one small section from an entire chunk of the book. And I highly recommend that you get the whole book. So that way you not only have the context, but you also have all those workbook exercises. Because remember that this book is also a workbook. So not only are you going to be reading about all these self-love tools, you're actually going to be putting them into practice right away. So today I'm just going to read you like a small excerpt. Um, We're going to talk about three big fears about gaining weight. And obviously, we're going to debunk them. And hopefully, you'll come out of this podcast episode feeling a lot more grounded in the fact that gaining weight is not the worst thing in the world. And for many people on our body image healing journeys and our self-acceptance and self-love journeys, gaining weight can actually be a very powerful and empowering thing. So let me start reading. If you've been on a restrictive diet before, one byproduct of intuitive eating may be some weight gain. It's normal for your weight to go up after you quit dieting. Since you've been depriving your body for so long, it's only natural for it to hold on to the calories and nutrients that you're finally giving it. Weight gain is actually one of the long-term effects of dieting, but nobody tells you that when they're selling you the diet. This is something that I talked about, by the way, in um, the episode right before this, It's titled, Stop Trying to Lose Weight. And I talk about how the trap of dieting and constantly trying to lose weight is that your weight actually starts crawling up in the long run because your body is in survival mode. So gaining weight is often a natural and normal and necessary part of quitting dieting and the whole like healing your body, like not just mentally. I think a lot of people think this work is like mental and emotional, but it's actually physical healing. Like your body needs to learn to rebuild. It's finally getting fed nutrients. It needs to learn to trust you again. And that physical process might involve, usually does involve a little bit of weight gain. And I'm here to tell you that this is not a bad thing. I know it sounds scary. Trust me, I've been there. I'm not exaggerating when I tell you that my biggest fear used to be gaining weight. No, really, if you would have asked me what I was most scared of, I wouldn't say sharks or losing a family member. I'd say getting fat. It's not my fault that this was my biggest fear, and if it's one of your fears, it's not your fault either. This is a direct reflection of how people have been programmed by society. 
But like I always say, the pain was not your fault, but the healing is your responsibility. It's your responsibility because gaining weight in and of itself is not a bad thing, and it's often an important part of your self-love journey. Let's examine some common fears about weight gain and how they're actually false. Fear number one, gaining weight is unhealthy and losing weight will make you healthier. I was challenged by this idea for quite some time, especially after I quit bikini competitions. As I watched my body gain more weight in one summer than I did during all of puberty, I felt so heavy, lethargic, and depressed that I thought, there's no way that this is healthy for me. But did I feel unhealthy because of the extra weight or because I let myself feel so stressed, anxious, and ashamed about the weight gain itself? Maybe gaining weight is your body's natural process of coming to a healthy weight range. I don't know your weight or health status, but what I do know based on scientific research is that restrictive dieting is not healthy. Experts in quote-unquote obesity, by the way, side note, I use the term obesity here because it's widely recognized, but I don't necessarily agree with this kind of terminology because it comes with a lot of dangerous stigma. So um, I put that little side note in the book, but for simplicity's sake, I use that word in quotes. Experts in obesity have concluded that dieters who manage to sustain their weight loss are the exception, not the rule, and dieters who gain back more weight than they lost may very well be the norm. This is actually a proven statistic. It's been proven so many times. At this point, I think the rate is like 95% at least, if not like 97%, meaning that 95% of people who go on a diet gain back all the weight they lost plus more. So if you truly want to like sustain your weight and just maintain it, you know, at a place that feels good, then the number one thing that you have to do is stop dieting. Not only do most dieters gain back more weight than they lost, but there's evidence that this kind of weight cycling leads to increased cardiovascular disease, heart attack, stroke, and diabetes, and even suppressed immune function. Not to mention trying to achieve the quote-unquote perfect body often leads to a myriad of mental health battles, including poor body image, which can often lead to eating disorders, preoccupation with food, which can lead to anxiety, and low self-esteem, which can lead to depression." I don't know about you, but I've experienced all of those in my dark days of dieting, uh, both physical consequences and mental health. To take this further, thin does not equate to healthy and fat does not equate to unhealthy. Think of a marketing image of a thin person eating a burger. Chances are people don't assume this person is unhealthy, even though this thin person could eat red meat every day, smoke and drink alcohol and soda all the time. So the point is that even if a thin person does all these things that we consider unhealthy, nobody bats an eye. <laughs> the physical body alone can't reveal someone's health, but you've been brainwashed to think that it can. Now picture the same image with a person with a larger body eating a burger. Chances are you'd see comments like, she's promoting obesity or she needs to stop eating burgers and go on a diet. Meanwhile, this person could be infinitely healthier in body, mind, and spirit than the thin person. Something that I think about, I'm adding commentary as I'm reading. Um, something that I think about is Lizzo. Lizzo is literally the most fit person that I can think of because do you know, like, have you seen her do a show or a concert? She is on that stage for hours just doing all these dance moves and it's so taxing on the body and she has to rehearse for 
so many hours just to do this one show. And she does that constantly. Um, Not to mention that I see her posting on Instagram, like some of the things she eats and, and everything, but her body is just the way it is. Like I, I firmly believe that genetics, among other things, determine how your body looks. And for some of us, we're in bigger bodies and that's cool. And others, we're in smaller bodies and that's cool too. And they're all on a spectrum. So it's just really sad that fat people get judged so, so harshly when their thinner counterparts can be just as unhealthy. So the point is you like cannot, you physically cannot judge someone's health based on their size. There's so much more going on inside someone that can be seen on the outside. When I was at my lowest weight, for example, I had vitamin and nutrient deficiencies in nearly every category and multiple kidney infections from all the protein powders I was drinking. And I would nearly fall asleep while driving because I was so exhausted. Now, at a higher weight, I'm healthier than I've ever been in my life. All my blood work shows it, and I feel good physically and mentally. Not everyone who loses weight or lives in a smaller body is healthy, and not everyone who gains weight or lives in a bigger body is unhealthy. We can't make those kinds of blanket statements about health and weight. There's so much more to health that we can't see that we need to stop making snap judgments and consider the whole picture, including spiritual, emotional, and mental health. P.S., this is only for yourself. I'm not saying that we should hyperanalyze other people's health because the truth is, <laughs> this is none of our business. Somebody else's health, someone else's body, their weight, their lifestyle is none of our business. So unless you're that person or that person's doctor, then I think we'd all be better off just worrying about ourselves. On that note, we all know that stress is the number one killer and stressing out about your body is, well, stressful. (laughs) Studies show that the shame and stress we feel while trying so hard to lose weight can be much worse for us than actually carrying that extra weight. It's our job to stop these misconceptions about thin slash fat and healthy slash unhealthy. We need to encourage a more nuanced and holistic approach to body size and health. Here are some key points to remember. We can't make assumptions about someone's health based on their body size, shape, or weight. Thin does not equal healthy, and fat doesn't equal unhealthy, so gaining weight will not automatically make you unhealthy. Health is about much, much more than weight. So that is fear number one, the fear that if you gain weight, then you're instantly going to become unhealthy, and that's not true. If anything, I would argue that living your life in constant stress and anxiety around food and constantly dieting, and if you're dieting, you're probably yo-yo dieting and dealing with an eating disorder, and then the rebound effect of binge eating, like all of that is so taxing on the body, and it's way more unhealthy than some weight gain or eating chocolate or candy or actually feeding your body properly. Okay, moving on to fear number two. I'll try to keep the commentary to a minimum. If I gain weight, then I won't be attractive and no one will like me and I'll die alone. That's dramatic, but I know we've all felt that fear. A big part of why I was obsessed with making my body thinner and fitter is because I was chasing external validation. I wanted more people to like me, to be interested in me, and find me attractive, especially men. I got high off compliments about my body because it made me feel like I was doing something right. But of course, this high was short-lived and followed by the pressure to maintain that look or find something else to quote-unquote improve about my appearance, which ultimately left me feeling empty inside. 
When I cared a lot about how I looked and lived my life wanting other people to like how I looked, I naturally attracted men who cared about how I looked. Sure, these men would appreciate my body at first, but they were the same men who criticized my body, gave me backhanded compliments, and made me feel like they only liked me for how I look. And I want to add that these are the same men that basically abused me. And a big part of it was because I didn't know my worth and I treated myself as an image and an object to be consumed by the male gaze. And so I very much let myself be treated that way. Of course, that's not to say that all abuse is like that. I mean, abuse is messed up and it's in the it's it's the fault of the abuser and never, ever, ever the victim. But I think there's something to be said about how we attract people that we think we deserve. And that's very much what happened to me when I was an older teenager and into my early 20s. I just, yeah, I just didn't value myself. And I only saw myself as a body. So I let other people only treat me like I was just a body. Okay, continuing reading from the book. I remember one time a guy told me that I was, quote, cute, but a little too fluffy for his liking. After I gained some weight, another guy told me, quote, I'm so glad you're not skinny anymore. I don't like skinny girls, which was especially hurtful because we dated when I was, quote, skinny too. And it felt like my body was never good enough for these shallow, narrow-minded people. I wish someone had told me back then, and this is written in bright red, bold, big letters, your attractiveness is not dependent on your weight, and anyone who thinks so doesn't deserve you. Remember, there is someone out there for everyone and every body, both sexually and romantically. People who are worthy of loving you will love you no matter how much you weigh. You are beautiful and attractive as you are, period, end of story. I cannot stress this enough that another byproduct of gaining weight was that I naturally filtered out the people who are only interested in me for my body. Because before, when I was only interested in me for my body, I would, again, naturally attract those kinds of people into my life because I wanted people to think that I was skinny and pretty and fit and everything else, all the other labels that came with that. But when I let myself gain weight... Suddenly, even when I was like swiping on Bumble, I would only talk to people who didn't give me shallow vibes. And if somebody commented on my body or said something even remotely shallow, I would instantly just delete them from my profile. And so this actually served me. This is one way that gaining weight just forced me to think about what kind of relationship I want to be in. And is that person who truly loves me, are they really going to just love me for my body? And if so, do I really want to entertain that? Hell no. So now I actually have this philosophy. Well, back when I was dating before I met boyfriend, I like to show up when I'm dating as like my absolute natural self. So I barely wore any makeup on me and boyfriend's first date. I literally wore zero makeup. I wore this like mini jean skirt with a tight black tank top because I wanted to, um, I, I just wanted to show up as my real self and something that I was comfortable in 
and also without hiding my body or without feeling ashamed of it. And when it comes to all the diet stuff, like I'm very clear and upfront about it that, hey, I don't fuck with that. <laughs> like I don't do diet culture. I'm not too into fitness. It's just, it used to be a part of my life and here's why it's not anymore. And luckily boyfriend and I shared the same value, the same love for food and the same appreciation for being active. But it wasn't like the number one thing on each other's lists. Like we didn't go into the relationship only valuing each other for our bodies. So in that sense, gaining weight almost makes you approach things a lot differently than you might have when you were at a smaller size, you know, just because you're at a different part in your journey, you you think differently, like more important things are more important to you, if that makes any sense at all. Okay, last part. Fear number three, gaining weight means you've given up on yourself, let yourself go, and or gotten lazy. When I first quit dieting, these thoughts ran rampant in my mind. Not a single moment passed when I didn't feel guilty for something I ate or skipping a workout or quote-unquote losing control around food. I was one of many people who equated being thin with self-control, motivation, and productivity. So naturally, I thought gaining weight would mean I was the opposite, out of control, lazy, and unproductive. Refusing to succumb to society's unrealistic beauty expectations is not giving up on yourself. It takes a tremendous amount of strength and integrity, and finding other, better things to do with your time, energy, and money besides pursuing weight loss is not lazy, the farthest thing from lazy. It's infinitely more productive for both you and the collective you. One thing that can help you do this is to think about some of the people you look up to who don't fit into society's cookie-cutter beauty standard. My role model list includes Mother Teresa, Maya Angelou, Anne Frank, Rosa Parks, Michelle Obama, Chimamanda Adichie, Lady Gaga, Malala Yousafzai, and many, many more. So this goes into some exercises that have to do with conquering the fear of weight gain. And there are pages in the book that you can journal in directly. So again, this book is all about, let me tell you my experience and some tools that will help you. And then let's put them into practice so that you're not subscribing to any more negative beliefs. So essentially, the book is all about just, just challenging what we believe to be true about beauty standards, about diet culture, about body image, about what our worth as a human entails, and overall, of course, about self-love. So I hope that the gift of self-love can guide you farther on this journey. I'm glad that I got to give you a little taste, especially if you haven't gotten the book yet, which is always available to you everywhere books are sold. You can find it on my website. All the links are there for you. Um, it's Amazon, Target, Barnes & Noble, or wherever else you shop for books, including small indie bookstores. So I hope you can get your hands on The Gift of Self-Love. I hope you enjoyed this episode as well. And yeah, I'll talk to you next time. Mwah. One last thing before we farewell. If you've been enjoying the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast, we would greatly appreciate if you could leave a short review on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. Your feedback helps the show so, so much. I absolutely love hearing from you. And as somebody whose love language is 
words of affirmation, your words mean the world to me. Just go to the Apple Podcasts app and scroll all the way down until you see the review section. And from there, you can just tap the star thing and leave your own review. Thank you so much for supporting me and this greater message of self-love for all. Also, feel free to send this episode to a friend and spread the gift of self-love. And speaking of the gift of self-love, make sure you pick up my book, which is available in stores and online worldwide. Just head to maryscubofttea.com slash book, and you'll find all the links to give yourself the gift of self-love. I love you all so, so much, and I will talk to you next time. Mwah.